You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. Good morning, everybody. My name is Bart Winkler. I'm in for Bill Ryder the rest of the week, and then he'll be back. And it's been great to be here with you guys. If you want to chime in, of course, you can. 855-212-4227, 855-212-4CBS. Tom's here. You can find him on Twitter at DCellCBS. I'm at WinksThinks. And let's get going. I've been uh, beating around the bush a little bit. This week, talking about a particular quarterback of a team that I root for, Aaron Rodgers. So, as you heard from Milwaukee, that makes me a Packer fan, nay, owner, and I'm proud of it. And I would, I would like to defend Packer owners for a minute. I'd like to let me just take a time out and defend this piece of paper that we all buy for two, three hundred dollars, because. In the last 10 years living in Milwaukee, there was a time where it looked like the Bucks were going to move. The Bucks, the Bucks eventually won a championship. I mean, imagine that not happening. That would have been terrible. But there was a time it looked possible they could move. Now there's discussion about the Brewers and how do you keep them here? We're already looking long term and wins the lease up and it's just it's annoying. It sucks. It's it's a it's a bummer. It's the bummer part of being a sports fan is that this thing that you enjoy and you love and you cherish and you pass down from generation to generation and you like make part of your personality, these teams, they can just be picked up and moved by some guy with money that comes in and moves it at any time, really. And there's, you know, ways that the local governments try to keep it there and and promises kept and promises made and all this stuff. But these are these are commodities that can be moved, and then the team that you root for and love is just somewhere else. They pack up in the middle of the night and leave. So I'm thinking, I have bought Packer stock, and it cost me, at the time, $250. And it is a piece of paper, and on the piece of paper it says, like, you need, you need 30 of these to equal the value of one cent or something. They're non-transferable. I don't get money every year from the dividends, you know. So you like to call it, oh, Packer stock, that's a piece of paper. What I like to call it is a piece of mind. For $250, I know my team will never leave. They'll never leave. I would pay $250 right now to never have to worry about the Bucks leaving. And I would pay $250 right now to never have to worry about the Brewers leaving. I think actually that's a small price to pay to know that the team that you love, they'll never have to they'll never have to like pit Nashville versus Portland. Oh, who can have a stadium? Whoever the Brewers move. Oh, are we gonna be the, the NBA team that moves to Vegas? Oh my goodness. The Vegas Bucks, which would have been a perfect name for them, and that is what scared me a little bit, but that that'll never happen. If you have an ownership like the Packers, owned by the people. And that'll never happen again because that was, I mean, if you look back, it's, it, that's, how the, that's, how the, that's how there's an NFL team in a city with 103,000 people. But I would, pay, I, would, I would gladly pay $250 that I don't have for my other teams to stay here guaranteed forever for the rest of my life, for the rest of my kid's life, for the rest of his future generation's life. I would gladly play that. So just want to stand up for this stupid piece of paper that I own 
which is the one thing non-living that I would save in a fire. That's my that's my answer to to that question. Again, I'm Bart Winkler in for Bill Ryder. Um, kind of did something vain yesterday, but I had to. I had to. And I went back and listened to a little bit of me doing this show yesterday. Uh, I am vain. I I love I love me on this show. And I love this podcast. I don't know if you ever heard of this podcast. It's called the Bart Winkler Show. You should check it out. It's it's my podcast. But what I had to what I what I really uh I'm kind of being facetious a little. What I had to listen to was me talking about this period of time in the NFL. This is the period of time in the NFL where there's going to be so many things reported that you have to wonder what's true and what's not. And it's it's about a varying range of topics. A lot of draft stuff is going to happen. Oh, this guy said this in this interview. Did he? Or is that team really like that guy? And they're trying to make him fall to them in the draft. Is this guy really available or is he not? Is this an agent thing trying to help maybe another client by bringing up the market? There's so many things that we're going to hear. And I have to remind myself because yesterday I talked. I said, don't. I said, just ignore it. Ignore it until it happens. It is fun. I mean, rumors are fun. It's part of why we love sports, the rumors and the trade machines and, and all that's fun. But let's not let's not get sucked into every single report. And I say this, and I have to say this to myself. I have to remind myself. So as I preach on the mountaintop here, don't listen to any of these reports. I'm also I'm also down on the ground listening to myself. Because I have to, I have to hear it because I'm guilty of it too. All this to say, Aaron Rodgers. So Aaron Rodgers, the reports were looking like he was going to get traded. That's where all the reporting was going. The Packers are fed up. The Packers are tired. The Packers are frustrated. The Packers are ready for Jordan Love. Brian Gudikins, the GM, is telling is telling other teams that he's ready to start Love. And it seemed like all the reporting was going one way. Well, it's February twenty third or whatever it is. You can't you can't kill the narrative at this. You can't you can't end the narrative right now. We we got we got a lot more time before Rogers makes a decision or gets traded. So let's let's start doing it the other way. So now there's reports on NFL Network. There's reports on ESPN. There's reports all over the place that the Packers are are willing to keep Rogers. That a lot of this is overblown in the media. That Rogers wants to stay. And then that'll go too far to one extreme, and then we'll start to get it the other way. The pendulum will keep swinging. And so what I'm trying to tell myself, and also anyone who will listen, is let's not superly overreact to every single piece of reporting. We really have to remember where the reporting is coming from, and a lot of times we don't even know where that's coming from. These messages that get out there get out there for a reason. Either it's gone too far one way that the party's at hand, maybe the Jets or maybe a team that wants to trade for Rodgers. They want to they wanna quell the talk that Rodgers wants out so they can get Rodgers for less. Or Rodgers is leaking something, and he, he wants to look like the good guy in all of this. So you just got to gotta try to remember, and I'm saying this as much to myself, I really am. I'm saying this as much to myself as I am to anybody else, that you got to remember there's going to be a lot more of these reports and nothing happens until it's actually going to happen. So what is going to happen? Well, we do have a 
we do have a development to the story of Aaron Rodgers in this offseason saga. And I'll make the same joke I've seen many make, that we will get six more weeks of Rodgers speculation because he has emerged from the darkness retreat. More details on that. The retreat he was at was in Oregon. He, for the last few days, spent his time in a 300-square-foot room. It is a partially underground structure devoid of light. There is a queen bed and a bathroom and a meditation-like mat. There is power, so at any time he can, ch- he can turn the lights on, he can choose to do that. So basically, he's saying, I'm trying to find myself and level my my brain and see where I'm at in life. Basically, it sounds like he just went to, he threw up some blackout curtains and napped for four days is what it sounds like, which sounds great. So I shouldn't make uh, too much fun of him. But this is just another thing, like, with this with this whole trade, and I'll, I'll tell you, as a Packer fan and, as I mentioned, owner, I am ready to move on from Aaron Rodgers. From a personality and and extracurricular standpoint, it's just a lot to keep up with. It is a lot. Not even as a guy who jumps in front of a microphone, but as a fan, it is a lot to keep up with. What did Rodgers say today? What did Rodgers say this time? Every Thanksgiving, every Christmas, every time I see my family, we don't say hi. We say, did you see what Rodgers said? Every single time. And it's just, it's it's a lot. So for that reason, I'm worn down. I'm I'm just exhausted from all of the Rodgers discourse. Now, that would be easier to deal with as a fan if the Packers were winning Super Bowls which they're not, which they haven't done since his third year as a starter way back in 2010. Yes, he has won four MVPs, but I got to tell you, as a fan, Rodgers winning an MVP in a year where they get bounced at home in the NFC Championship game, I take take no joy in that. I I I I don't say, oh, the Packers have 13 world championships and four Super Bowls and Rodgers has four MVPs. I don't, I, that doesn't that doesn't matter to me. That's his thing. That's his award. I'm a fan. I want Super Bowls. So Rodgers, if he's still winning Super Bowls, he can go on Pat McAfee. He can go on Bill O'Reilly. He can go on wherever he wants to go nine times a week. I don't care. I'll watch it all. If they're winning Super Bowls, he can beat Joe Rogan's permanent co-host. If they're winning Super Bowls, I don't care. But they're not. And so you have that part of it, but also on the field, I'm ready to move on on the field because they haven't, again, been to Super Bowls. And I think they have a guy who is ready to go. I'm curious to see what he would look like. I've seen, I feel like I've seen everything I need as a Packers fan out of Aaron Rodgers. And what really what really did it for me, the final nail in the coffin, if you will, was this last season where they were 4-8. and eight. He was hurt. There was every reason to sit him down. They, they had a 1% chance to make the playoffs, according to whatever simulator you did. And they did not make the playoffs. But the Packers had the opportunity. Rodgers played in all these games. They won all these games. He was still a bit pedestrian in them. The defense 
really did step up for the Packers in December. But I think that that would have been like a lot of a lot of questions would be answered if we just got to see Jordan Love for a month. We would get to see is he good? Is he bad? How does he respond to a loss? How does he respond to a win? We've seen him in spurts, but a month of Jordan Love, seeing a month of the backup quarterback would have solved so many questions. It would have answered so much of this riddle because now it's, well, what do they think of Jordan Love? What does he look like? When when the Packers moved on from Favre, we knew Rodgers. We knew what he looked like. We saw enough of him. We haven't seen enough of Jordan Love. Even in the preseason, the guy ends up getting hurt. So it's like we can't we can't even see him there. Or the preseason gets canceled the one year. So really, there's so little tape on Jordan Love. So I'm ready to see Jordan Love. I'm ready to try something different as a Packers fan. We've tried this Rodgers thing for the last 13 years. There have been no more, no, no more Super Bowl appearances. I'm fatigued by the whole thing. If Rodgers comes back, it's just it's not as fun to watch the team as it, as it used to be. And I think Jordan Love would. There's a mystery to that, and I think it would be more engaging week to week. And I think you're not going to win a Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers. He's proven that. So let's see what you can do with Jordan Love. So I want to. I want to see Jordan Love, and I want to see Aaron Rodgers get traded. But then I wonder from the other point of view, and this is where. So Tom is a Jets fan. I'm trying to figure out like if I'm the fan of another team, do I want Rodgers? In in what situation do I want Rodgers? Like my team would have had to be so bad for so long, and they would have had to really struggle at finding any competent quarterback for even six weeks at a time. And so that's that's why Tom the Jets seem like a a pretty good match, but. Is there any part of you that wants Aaron Rodgers? No, thank you. No, thank you. And as you're going on this segment, I am standing up and I am just, I'm throwing my hands in the air. It's everything <laughs> you're saying is the reasons I don't want Aaron Rodgers wearing a New York Jets uniform next season. I will take Derek Carr. Bart, I acknowledge he's nowhere near as talented as, as Aaron Rodgers. I get it. I got it. I think the, the ceiling is higher with Aaron Rodgers. But so is the floor. I don't want all the baggage that goes along with 39-year-old Aaron Rodgers who's not at the MVP Super Bowl level that he once was. No thank you. And that's where if you're a team that has struggled, and this is why it's great to talk with you about this as a Jets fan, you know, you had Mark Sanchez in a couple of AFC championship runs. There's been guys in and out since then. And that's th- those are the kind of teams, the Raiders, they've been trying, you know, they had Derek Carr for a long time. That didn't work. They moved to Vegas. They got Devontae. That could be a good fit. If there's other teams, like since Cam Newton, Carolina's been unable to find their guy. The Colts have been unable to find their guy. Maybe they bring another guy at the end of his career. It's just if you've had a period of years where you've struggled and just haven't been good, then maybe as a fan, or more importantly as the team, because they have to be the one to make the trade, they think, all right, I will take all of that other stuff and the fact he really hasn't been to a Super Bowl in 13 years. I will take that because there is that, there is that, there's a higher ceiling. I don't think the percentage of likelihood that that ceiling is reached is very high, but there is a higher ceiling. You've never seen Derek Carr have an MVP season. You've seen Aaron Rodgers have an MVP season. So what you're hoping is knock a little rust off the tires and he'll come back and have an MVP season and have 
a Super Bowl run that'll be of legend and you'll talk about it forever, just like now we've seen Brady do with the Buccaneers and Peyton Manning do with the Broncos. You think, all right, Aaron Rodgers can come over and do that for us. Just based on how they have played, though, the last couple of years, last year specifically, Rodgers did not throw, not in one game did he have more than 300 yards. And I know some of the passes that he threw were dropped, but guess what? Every team has that. There were a lot more passes that Rodgers threw that were a little more off than they were this year. He had his highest interception total in a long time. And his stats are pretty much, they pretty much mirror Derek Carr's stats. I've been talking about this all week. They pretty much mirror Derek Carr's stats from 2022. They're, they're pretty much the same. So, yes, historically, Rodgers, better than Carr. First ballot Hall of Famer, Rodgers. Carr, no. Carr, it might not even make the Hall of Very Good. So, historically, yes, you'd rather collect Rodgers rookie cards than Derek Carr rookie cards. But what do you want in 2023? What are you going to get? And I think with everything that comes with Rodgers, and the fact, I really think about this too, Derek Carr is going to be, if he's going to go to the Jets, all he's going to want to do is prove to everybody that he's better than what he's shown. He's going to be super motivated. He's going to he's going to get right into the playbook, as they say. And Rodgers, he'll kind of dilly-dally around a little bit, maybe go to Bolivia with Miles Teller for a week. We don't know. He'll show up when he shows up, and, you know, it's Aaron Rodgers, so we just go with the flow. We're so lucky we got Aaron Rodgers. I don't think it's time to think that way. I think I think the Jets, again, I this is this is my plea to the Jets, is just sign Derek Carr and move on. Don't wait for Aaron Rodgers. Maybe, maybe the musical chairs don't have a spot for Rodgers. Who's going to wait for Aaron Rodgers? The Raiders might. I think the the Bob McGinn report, this came out uh, with the Tie Dunn podcast, golongtd.com, where Bob McGinn, longtime Packer writer, suggested if Rodgers comes back, he would back up Jordan Love. I can't even begin to tell you how great I think that would be. I, I, I just think that would be. I want to see Jordan Love play. I just want to see him play so bad because I do think that now at this point it's time to move on, but where is Rogers going to land? So he's out of his retreat. The darkness is over. The light has been reshown. Where does he land? Who knows right now today, the reports are, you know, it's overblown. It's like, he's going to be a Packer. We'll see what happens tomorrow. I can just tell you that it's not just me. You know, there there will be some people that choose Rodgers over the Packers around Wisconsin like they chose Favre over the Packers, and they were wrong and have since admitted it. But there is a, a growing movement where we just want to move on, and he can be someone else's problem. That's where we're at in Wisconsin. I'm Bart Winkler, in for Bill Ryder, 855-212-4227, 855-212-4CBS. We're talking a lot about Rodgers. We're talking a lot about... Uh, the Jets. We're talking a lot about the Packers. I do want to shine some light on some teams that are not getting the coverage that they might otherwise get this offseason. I wanna I wanna go around the league and and highlight some of the some of the the off the twenty twenty three offseason's most irrelevant teams. We'll do that coming up here on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. This is Writer Than You. I am Bart Winkler in for Bill Writer this week. Happy to be here, and it's great to fill in from time to time. I've been filling in for Zach Gelb a little bit. 
CBS Sports Radio. Zach Galb is actually going to join us in about 40 minutes. I'm not sure what I'm going to ask Zach. I could focus at NFL. I think I might talk some NBA with him. NBA is coming back tonight. Thank goodness. Man, it's been some it's been some lonely nights without uh, the NBA the last few nights. So excited for that. Uh, and fill in a little bit on the weekends from from time to time. And I realize, I was thinking about this last night, I realize I've been talking about the same eight or nine teams in the NFL. I've been talking about the same, you know, Aaron Rodgers and the Bears have the number one pick and what do like the Giants do with their decisions and been talking about the Chiefs and the Eagles. Obviously, they went to the Super Bowl and then Eric Bieniemy, where's he going? He ends up in Washington. So you talk about the same teams a little bit. And I wanted to just real quick highlight the irrelevant teams of the 2023 offseason and give them a little bit of love as we are nationwide. And I know sometimes you tune into these programs and I wish they would talk about my team just a little bit, just even mention them, mention that we exist. And I want to do that for you. And the reason I want to do this is I was thinking about the Rams. I was thinking about the L.A. Rams, and I almost just called them St. Louis. But I was thinking about the L.A. Rams. They won a Super Bowl, were very good, traded a bunch of pieces to get Stafford, then were very bad last year, and nobody nobody cares. Because I was thinking, remember yesterday, if you were with us, I was talking about the Atlanta Hawks. They fired Nate McMillan. So the Atlanta Hawks a couple of years ago almost were in the NBA Finals. They almost beat the Bucks. And then since then, they've just been, they've been nothing. They've been 500. They've been very irrelevant. And if the Hawks would have won or been to the finals, history would be like, what is, what, wait, wait a minute. What are they doing here? Well, what's going on here? I'm looking through all the list. What are they doing here? With the Rams, we're not going to do that. They justifiably won a Super Bowl and then won five games the next year and nobody seemed to care about it. Nobody held it against them. So the Rams, Sean McVay, Sean McVay, I'm going to come back. I'm going to skip TV. I'm not doing it next year. Sean McVay is coming back. So Rams, we see you. We see you, L.A. Rams. Another team irrelevant this offseason, the Minnesota Vikings. All the other teams in that NFC North, that's where the action is. Aaron Rodgers, what's going to happen with this guy? The Bears, they got the number one pick. The Lions are going to be everybody's dark horse Super Bowl team next year. And the Vikings are in a quarterback purgatory with Kirk Cousins. They have no choice but to bring him back. Some teams are very bad. They have to get a quarterback. Some teams are very good. They have their elite quarterback. Some teams are right in the middle. You just got to love the one you're with. Kirk Cousins, we see you, Minnesota Vikings. The Dallas Cowboys, what? The Dallas Cowboys, well, there's a lot of attention on the Giants. Saquon and Daniel Jones, are they coming back? Who do they franchise? What do they do there? Were they as good as they looked for a while? Were they as bad as they looked in the playoffs? The commanders, Eric Bieniemy, you got him coming over. The Eagles went to the Super Bowl. The Eagles went to the Super Bowl. Big decision on Jalen Hurts. Sign him. Lock that guy up. Get him. The Cowboys are, of all the teams, the one making the least amount of noise. That's kind of tough. NFC East, always a lot of action in the NFC East. So because of that, I will give, and we see you, Dallas Cowboys, I also want to give mention to the southeastern part of our our listening audience. The entire NFC South. No one cares about you. The Buccaneers don't have Tom Brady. Irrelevant. The Panthers, you got a new coach. Okay. 
who else is on that team? The Saints? What even are the Saints? The Falcons? What? There's nobody to talk about. Your best players in the XFL from four years ago, Vic Beasley. The entire NFC South is so irrelevant in the offseason discourse. And I'm thinking about this division. Who is going to be the best quarterback in that division? Who's going to be the second best is an even grosser question. The Buccaneers won that division 8-9 and nine with Tom Brady. Could the division winner have seven wins in the NFC South next season? The over-unders are going to come out for these teams. I think they're all going to be under eight wins, the total. Maybe one team gets nine just because they play each other all the time. The entire NFC South, we see you. New England Patriots in the AFC East going division by division. The Bills, a lot of people want to say the Bills era is over already. That's weird. The Jets, they're certainly in play. They're the team right now. Derek Carr, Aaron Rodgers, what do they do? They reportedly told Derek Carr he's going to be a Hall of Famer with them. So just sign him then. Don't wait for weirdo Karen Rodgers. <laughs> that's, a, that's an insult we use on Rodgers sometimes around here. Don't wait for him. The Dolphins, they got this Tua situation. What are they going to do with him? We'll talk about that later. The Patriots... We see you. We see you loud and clear. In the AFC North, talking about teams that do not get enough love this offseason because there's not there's nothing narrative to fix with them. The Pittsburgh Steelers. Hey, you had a decent year last year. Oh, we have a silver alert where I am. Okay. Hey, you had a decent year last year. You went nine and eight. Nobody knew that. Mike Tomlin still. No losing seasons. How did you do it? But you're not that interesting. The Browns are interesting. The Ravens are interesting. What are they going to do with Lamar? The Bengals could get back to the Super Bowl. The Steelers. We see you, Pittsburgh Steelers. The Chargers in that AFC West. Remember last year the AFC West was going to have four teams with 11 wins or more? That didn't happen. The Broncos were terrible, but they got Sean Payton. The Raiders, what's going to happen there? Is Rodgers coming? The Chiefs just won a Super Bowl. How many is Mahomes going to win? Is he already the greatest of all time? The Chargers, you were 10-7 and seven last year. You made the playoffs and lost. Guess what you're going to do next year? You're going to be 10-7 and seven next year. You're going to make the playoffs and lose. But we at CBS Sports Radio and writer than you, we see you. And then lastly, the Tennessee Titans. They made some news today. They cut Robert Woods. And then he tweeted, free and Tannehill's going to be gone too. And then what? It's going to be Derrick Henry and basically the Memphis Showboats. Not good going right now in Tennessee. But guess what? We see you. So, just wanted to give some love to the Patriots, the Chargers, the Steelers, the Titans, the Cowboys, the Rams, and the Vikings, and the entire NFC South, because it's very possible that none of those teams get mentioned on this show, or certainly by me, when filling in on these these great shows that none of them get mentioned ever again until maybe the draft. See, I like to spread the wealth here. It can't it can't be all Rogers all the time. We got there's thirty two teams in this league. We gotta pay attention accordingly. I'm Bart Winkler filling in for Bill Ryder this week, eight five five two one two four two two seven, eight five five two one two four CBS. We will get an update here and then this is such an Awful situation to talk about, but we got to talk about this. This Alabama situation. Uh, Brandon Miller shouldn't be playing. 
he scored 41 points last night in an overtime win. What is going on? We'll talk about that coming up. Let's hear from Chris Lopresti, CBS Sports Radio. Here's what we know. Brandon Miller was not there for the verbal altercation. Brandon was already on his way to pick up Darius when Darius texted him. Brandon never left his vehicle and was not involved in the collection of the weapon. The shooting occurred just seconds after Brandon arrived. Brandon has been fully cooperating witness and is not a suspect. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. I'm Bart Winkler, writer. Good to be with you. You can give us a call, 855-212-4CBS. I'm on Twitter at WinksThinks. Tom is at Decel CBS. Um, man. So this Alabama basketball, I don't even know what, like it's, the, I'll call it the Alabama basketball situation, but it's the murder of a 23-year-old woman, Jamia Harris, is dead. She's dead. There was a weapon that Brandon Miller, who is Alabama's best player, delivered to his teammate one night. Now, this is all according to the preliminary hearing and police reports. Uh, and and the, the weapon that he used, or the weapon that he transferred over to Darius Miles, was used to kill this woman. He got a text, said, bring the gun. He brought the gun, and the gun was used kill the woman and so yesterday we i did bring this up it's a story it's you hate when sports gets like this when people do things that are awful and and how much do you talk about it what is there to say what what are you doing to help i thought all right we'll we'll talk about it we'll mention it you know prayers and all that and it's just terrible and then last night uh, you know, I, I don't get as invested in the college basketball regular season. I'm like most people, March Madness, I'll take off work. I've had three vasectomies now during March Madness. You know, I, I, I want to watch these games. But last night, I, I wasn't aware that Alabama was playing, and then I find they're playing, and I see that Brandon Miller's playing, and then I see that Brandon Miller scores 41 points, and I see that they win in overtime. And we're just talking about that earlier yesterday, and then he's out there again on the court, 41 points. Nate Oates, then, after the game, you just heard this uh, maybe in the update, but let's let's hear it again. This is Alabama's coach, Nate Oates. Can't say enough about Brandon. I mean, he's uh, been through some stuff and showed up ready to play tonight. He's, he's one of the more focused. And he, he, he can play through a lot. He's a mentally tough kid, very mentally tough. Okay, I don't know what Nate Oates is doing here, but now he says the other day he said he was in the wrong place, wrong time, and then he tried to back that up or backtrack that. Today... Been through some stuff. He's been he's been th- he's been through some stuff. He was. I watched so. My wife and I do not have the same TV habits. I watch sports all the time, and she watches the Housewives of every place. And one thing we do watch together and love is we have Law and Order nights, and there's three of them. And we watch him. In any episode of Law and Order, this guy would be, I mean, he would, he would, the, the DA, Jack, would be like, hey, we got to try this guy. He, he brought the weapon there. I mean, we got to try this guy too. And he would be guilty because they're always guilty in Law and Order. They, they, they make you think he's not going to be guilty, but they're always guilty in this show. It's just, it's, it's hard for me to comprehend 
how bringing a weapon to a place where the weapon was then used to kill someone isn't met with penalty. Gary Parrish, CBS guy, friend of show, was talking on CBS Sports Network last night. He said, you cannot with a straight face tell me that driving around with a gun in your car and then bringing that gun to a place where it was very quickly used to kill a woman isn't some violation of some rule in your program. And if it's not, well, maybe it should be. We've talked about this. There's been so many people suspended for less. Guys get suspended from their program for marijuana. Guys get suspended for missing classes. Guys get suspended for a bunch of different stuff. And it's not, you don't need to like throw a suspension at him. Again, if he hasn't been charged with anything. But at least take him off the court for a while and don't, don't let it be this massive distraction. And also, I feel like, I feel like when Brandon Miller plays and puts up 41 points, I mean, you can be at the podium as coach Nate Oates and say, yeah, you know, we're, we're playing for the, we're praying for the young woman's family. But then to have Miller go out there, is that not in a way just flaunting it? I mean, I would, I would think that I would, if I'm, if I'm, the Janae's family, if I'm the young woman's family, I'm I'm going, I, I can't process this information. My daughter, my sister, my aunt, whatever, is my mother, my, she's dead. And a guy who was, who played some role, allegedly, in the situation is just able to go and live his life and put up 41 points and Man, I mean, help his draft stock and help make more money in the future. So one of the criminal defense attorneys that's been following the case uh, and some of the criminal defense and legal experts were talking about the situation. They They talked to Yahoo Sports about this. They said he may have made a bad choice doing what he did, but there's apparently no evidence that he had knowledge of what the gun was going to be used for. Okay. It's a gun. Hey, bring a gun here. What do you think's going to happen? Bring a gun here? What what is the end result of a gun? Shooting it in many cases. So I just think this is an it's an awful situation. Somebody's life has been lost and you know, the legalese around it is one thing, and I'm not a lawyer. You know, I just said my my expertise on, on any criminal discussion is I watch Law & Order. But from a, from a perspective standpoint, from Alabama's standpoint, from Nate Oates' standpoint, from Brandon Miller's standpoint, like, I, I guess I can, I guess I can get why he wants to play. He wants to pretend like this never happened, and he doesn't want this to be held against him, but everywhere he goes and every time he plays and all throughout March, I mean, they were already chanting lock him up yesterday in the stands and fans got in a fight in the stands. They had to stop the game. It is a wild distraction. I don't understand from Alabama, from Alabama's point of view, why they think putting him out there right now is in the best interest of their program. Like what are, what are, what do they, what does Nate Oates need? What does the program need right now? If you want to get real, like, gross about it you what what do you what do you want to win you want to win a, you want to win the tournament right you want to win march madness can you send him out until then at least i mean it'll still be a distraction but can you at least acknowledge how terrible the situation is 
and and sit him down and not play him because again, it just feels like it just feels wrong. It feels like you're you're flaunting or ignoring or making light of the situation. And you can talk about you know Brandon Miller's involvement again from a legal standpoint. He brought the gun. They'll argue he didn't know what it would be used for. I would argue, well, what do you use guns for typically? So he he's not the one that pulled the trigger. He's not, you know, he so he doesn't have to like spend the rest of his life in prison, but he certainly shouldn't be spending the rest of February on a basketball court. It's just it's just it 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 blew my mind last night. I, I couldn't even believe it that we had talked about this that Nate Oates seemed to say like, all right, well, I you know this is weird. They're trying to navigate. Well, what are they what are they doing this for? What's the benefit? What's the benefit to continue to play him each and every night? Do you need these wins? Are you trying that hard to be a once? Like, who cares? Somebody died. It's just a really ugly situation, and I don't understand it. I don't understand why this continues to happen with them and and what their end game is, and why like the Alabama AD who you heard from and the coach Nate Oates, why they just seem to think that we should all think how they think. Oh, not a big deal. He didn't, he, didn't sh- he didn't shoot anybody. She's dead, yeah, but he, he didn't shoot anybody. And they scored 41 points, so, I mean, what do you guys really want here? I mean, we often know that sports in collegiate atmospheres are are valued higher than uh, academics if the player and the team is good enough, but this seems this seems a little bit out of control. All right, I don't know. I don't know how this situation is going to end. It is a mess. All I can tell you is I'm just – like I'm not I'm not here to be the lawyer. I'm not here to you know to to dictate the terms and the punishment. I just I'm 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 just stunned that Alabama and the the program don't think it's as big of a deal as the rest of the world does. As the rest of college basketball does. It just it just seems there's you can't you can't be that ignorant, right? You have to be you have to know what you're doing is is weird and wrong, but they don't seem to they don't seem to have too many worries about it. Tough situation to talk about again. Somebody somebody's life was lost here. We we just want to we just want to watch sports. We just want to care about the sports. We just want to like where's Alabama going to be seated? Who are they going to play? Are they a tournament contender? But this story is going to stick with them, and and it should. And they're making it worse. Is is what I'm saying? It just seems like they are making it worse by almost uh like ignoring the fact that it's it's even a situation oh yeah we we the one guy's not on the team anymore but Brandon Miller can put up 41 we 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 need him it just it seems crazy uh next hour I want to talk to Zach Gelb CBS Sports Radio you hear him evenings on many of these fine affiliates and more the wonderful Odyssey app of course free to listen to free to download also want to talk about the XFL my beloved league did not do well in the ratings. I don't really think that's a problem yet. So I'll, I'll talk about that. And then the All-Star game. The NBA All-Star game. This this is resonate. This is this is carrying some weight here. Normally the All-Star game comes, it's it's bad or rarely it's good. We talk about it the next day and then we move on and start to preview the second half. But we cannot get enough about this All-Star game, and I think one of the problems with that is we are focused too much on what All-Star games used to be and this idea of what we think All-Star games should be, and I'll talk about that a little bit later because 
what an all-star game used to be in, in 1993, let's say, MLB or NBA or NFL, things are a lot different than they were in 1993 than they are in 2023. And so I think that we have to understand that the all-star game is going to change too. You're not going to have a league that has load management, that has uh, more access than ever, that has instant highlights. You can watch a John Morant dunk if, if you if you if you don't have league pass. Remember 1993. What what games could you get into your home? NBA and NBC once a week, and it was always Jordan. I mean, the Grizzlies, a team like the Grizzlies, didn't exist at the time, but a team like the Grizzlies, you're never going to watch them. Well, now you can get league pass. You can get them right into your house. And if John Morant made a dunk and you weren't watching that, uh, guess what? You just go online and all of a sudden it's all over the place. To previously see John Morant play even at all, you'd have to watch the All-Star game. That was your one shot to do it. And so that has changed so much. So if that has changed so much, why wouldn't we think that the All-Star game has changed so much? And really, if you want to look back at one of the points that I want to make is if you want to look back at how they used to play in these All-Star games, well, Pete, you, Pete Rose took out the catcher and uh, look at these hard hits in the Pro Bowl and look at the defense they played in, in the NBA back in the 80s and 90s in the All-Star game. And, and look at the guys now. They just they don't want to get anybody hurt. and they don't, they're, Maybe the guys now are right. <laughs> <laughs> Have we thought about that? Maybe the guys now, they're in an exhibition game and they don't want to get hurt. They want to make sure that everybody's healthy for the real competition the rest of the season in the playoffs instead of sacrificing their body for the pride of East versus West or even worse, Team Giannis and Team LeBron. Maybe the people of yesteryear were wrong. We'll talk about all that coming up. Buy or sell next hour. Zach Gelb straight ahead. I'm Bart Winkler, CBS Sports Radio.